Fear the Walking Dead, the podcast, an unofficial discussion of the news and events surrounding Fear the Walking Dead with Quinn Warner, Stephen Payne, and Bruce McGee. I'm Quinn Warner. I'm Steve Payne. I'm Bruce McGee, and this is the Fear the Walking Dead podcast episode for season two, episode two. Episode 2.2. Right. 2.2. So welcome back. (laughs) I'm finally back. Sorry. That's right. Quinn caught up with the boats. (laughs) (laughs) Zombies almost got you. Actually, you almost got flooded. It (laughs) was just flooding here. Pouring. The, the zombie flash flood. I literally had to like ford rivers to get here. It was oh, ridiculous. Man. I hydroplaned a few times, but it's all good. It's was all the good. interstate, you know, it was covered when we had those big floods a few weeks mm-hmm. ago. It was like a lake. It was but fine. I guess it was all right. The like the rain hit like just as I was about to like take the exit. Like Oh man. So, so it was like walking. pouring. Yeah. You just had to avoid the, the new bridge that's now messed up. Yeah. Well they got it fixed, sort of. It's it somehow is worse than before. <laughs> I'm not sure how they did that. Well, Louisiana infrastructure, we're, uh, yeah. we're, we're getting a head start on the zombie apocalypse. So, um, Quinn, have you watched both shows? Yes, I'm what, finally Do you have any up. thoughts from the first episode before we jump on the second one? Um, the first episode was kind of disappointing to me. Um, I... It, I mean, it was a good continuation of where they left off and everything, right. and it's understandable, but for some reason, the acting in that episode was kind of unbearable. Like, it was, I don't know what it was. I don't know if the characters are just insufferable, or if it was the acting, <laughs> but there were parts where I was just like, oh my god. Who was it you were not feeling? Mostly, like, all of the adult figures, like Melissa and Travis, like, they were just... For some reason, the, you would think that the teenage characters, more or less, would be the ones that you would have problems with. Like, oh my gosh, they're so annoying, teenage, right. blah, blah, blah. Well, but, no. They've done a pretty good big bit with Nick. What's his stepbrother's name? Chris. Yeah, he hasn't no. done much yet. Yeah. We'll have to see what they do with his character and as he comes out of mourning his mother's Chris death. is in a bad place right now. Right. Well, and we, we had said last week, I mean, it was a, it was a more plot-driven episode. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And this week this was, was more, more character-driven. Character driven. Yeah, yeah right. for and sure. So I, I mean, I prefer the balance between the two, frankly. Well, you yeah. need both. But, or you don't care when bad things but happen. But it's good to yeah. have that, at least in the sense that the plot-driven in the sense that for building suspense, it's the way to go. Yeah. Well, you had to get them pretty relentless off the beach yeah. and on the boat and mm-hmm. right. Um, yeah. But this week, I felt more dread. Is mm-hmm. it was quiet and you're waiting for something bad to happen. Right. And you know that's right. an old Hitchcock move um, right. to to keep it. You know the suspense as you wait for something bad right. to happen. You know, and if there's a gun in Act Two, then it's mm-hmm. got to go off. Some, or the fence that we saw this week, it right? Was their great wall. Or if there are killer pills, to, <laughs> suicide pills, oh then gosh. somebody's got to take that pill before the episode's over. I think that the second episode was. I, I really enjoyed this episode. It's probably one of, probably in my opinion, probably the best episode that they've had so far. I really, I, I think I could gr- agree with that because it did have that tension to it. There's it this did. ominous feeling that. Something's not, you know, something's going to go wrong any moment. As soon as you, like, were introduced to the family that was living on, uh, oh gosh, 
I forget the name of the island. It's like Katrina Island or something. Yes, oh, it was. Like the hurricane. Yes. Was, Katrina was Island. Was it was Catalina. No, it was a, a okay. I think it was takeoff Katrina. of Catalina. Okay. But yeah, because there's Katrina. a Santa Catalina yeah. Island out there. There's a real one. Katrina's made up for this yeah. uh, episode. But I think that as soon as you meet the family that's living on that island, it's like you don't really have a reason to suspect them of anything wrong, but something is just off Like as right. soon as you meet them. The vibe then the is one wrong. you yeah. felt the worst about, which is the son, he's actually the closest to being sane of right. the you know, semi-adult people. Mm-hmm. Did we see him? I don't think we saw him shoot his mom zombie. Mm-hmm. But I think they cut away at it. that point. You heard the rifle yeah, crack. You heard... The rifle crack, and it was we knew what happened. Yeah, it's implied. <laughs> Which oh, was right. also a Hitchcockian move, too, where you don't right. see the blood. I mean, you don't see the stabbing in Psycho. Well, you see the blood flow into the, into the yeah. shower. Yeah, and this, you get a lot more gore in The Walking Dead, you know, um, episode, in both shows, but then at times they cut away. Mm-hmm. Like, um, look at the flowers, Lizzie. Did you see the, have you, either of you seen the, the Walking Dead? No. Okay, mm-hmm. so we all know when it happens. You'll probably go back at some point. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then there are times, you know, even with kids, they'll show the, the kill shot. They've mm-hmm. done that before, especially with kid zombies. But, yeah. Um, it's the moral ambiguity. Well, you have a, I have a lot more trouble killing off kids than adults. I guess right. that's a kind of human response. But, you know, I knew when that girl was lying there on the floor mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. she was gone and she was going to come back as a zombie. And However, the, okay, I think the biggest question on my mind after ah. the second episode is, okay, so Willa, the little girl, um, the, like, <coughs> The entire thing that happened was Harry. Was his name Harry? I think the little kid. Uh, he said Willa took her pill, and by taking that pill, she turned. She was infected. How does the dad have pills that can infect people? No, they're all. We are all it's, infected. It's all yeah. Everybody's it's carrying the virus oh. all the time. That's why if you die, you so it's triggered by death. In, in essence, yeah, Stephen and I were talking the other day. You know, they're talking about in the first episode if we can make it to Hawaii. Maybe they don't have the disease there, but as soon as they step maybe. off the boat, the disease is there. Mm-hmm. You know, if they didn't Evidently, have it before, the, the whatever it is, virus or bacteria, must be aerosolized. By now, yeah. Yeah, and it's then been taken into people's respiratory systems or whatever. Yeah, that has to be the way it's spread because if it's touch mm-hmm. alone, you would assume some people wouldn't have been touched by mm-hmm. somebody that had it. But I wonder everybody's if, infected now. If it's a if there's a possibility somebody could be immune to it because of a genetic quirk. There's that you know, theoretical possibility, but nobody's yeah. been immune so far. And it's made worse by being bitten. Yes, if oh. you're bitten, it pushes you over the edge. Right. Unless you, you know, amputate an arm or something. I like the, the reference this time to the, um, oh, to the, to the bubonic plague, to the, to the black death. Yes, the child ashes, ashes, we all fall down. Yeah. That was the title of the episode. I thought that was right. clever, yeah. Right. And it tied mm-hmm. it directly to it, saying this is our black plague. Mm-hmm. And I guess for our episode theme, we could go with zombie preppers because, you know, they, <laughs> they've been prepping for the apocalypse. Mm-hmm. But there's that... That's why I wanted Savvy here since she has yeah. that prepping in her background. <laughs> I wish she could have joined us. I know. But when you're a prepper, do you also prepare for the worst case in which I'm going to take an 
out by suicide. I, I think it depends on the prepper, probably. Maybe. It depends. I mean, like, I'm sure that within the prepper community, like, you have people of different, like, thought types. And some people will think, I'm prepping so much and I'm going to survive and I don't right. really need to have that out. And they kind of want to be optimistic about it. But I think the people that are more realistic are going to say, I would probably rather, you know, take a, a power nice pill, pill right. than get well, eaten alive. Do we know, are those real pills that they had? Like, what? Did, how did he know they were going to kill? Because they're just in this thing. In that globe, not, when he yeah. broke it open, it was a right. hollow globe. There's no, it's generic, like... Um, Little the capsules, capsules yeah. you can buy. Blue and yellow. I don't know what sort of drug that is, but Nick knew. Well, yeah. <laughs> Nick knew. Who's surprised at that? <laughs> Nick reasoned it out. He mm-hmm. said, you know, this family isn't the kind to get high. It's yeah. not an antibiotic, so it must be a... He said, I know my pill. pharmaceuticals. Right. <laughs> well, that, yeah, that, yeah, exactly. So this brings up my usual... The quote of the week, I yes. know my pharmaceuticals. Yes. That's one of them. But also, he tells, he tells his folks, I think he's planning on jumping. Jonestown and mm-hmm. his whole his own family. Oh, that's a good, that's a great good use of that. That's, yeah. that's a good one. Jonestown oh, and his family. Which brings us, Stephen and I wanted to ask you. Yes. Are you aware of Jonestown being a young person, a millennial? Right. I'm actually not. Oh. I had to go look it up. All right. See, <laughs> that's why I wondered why Nick would know this. Mm. Because Stephen and I were young. We were about your age. Yeah, you we, were college and I was high school. Was it 70s? Yeah, 77, 78 maybe, something like what that. What was his first name? Uh, Jim Jones. Jim Jones. He, was, he had been a Methodist preacher and I think he... <laughs> Or maybe tried to be, and they didn't want him. I'm not sure. Well, really, he was. Yeah. He, he had was, been an, an organized Christian denomination, and as he got more extreme, he pulled out and formed his own cult. Mm-hmm. Were they in Los Angeles, Stephen? They were, but he was. Really, but he had moved to Guyana. Yeah, he was kind of um, progressive in some respects because he. Look him up. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to get to Wikipedia right now, but he was. Um, <laughs> He was pushing for something that's taken for granted now, but he was trying to integrate his churches. And, right. And, and, and so you have African-Americans and European-Americans both going to his church. Mm. Well, this is in deci- the 70s and maybe even to the late 60s when he gets going. So that's yeah. pretty remarkable for that time. He decided at some point that the United States was not for his group anymore, so they up and moved the whole cult to Guyana. Wasn't it Guyana? Yes. And people started hearing back you know, relatives, you mm. know, this isn't going so well in the jungle. <laughs> and a, congress per, a congressman went down there to Leo investigate. Ryan, congressman Leo Ryan. He was going to see about his constituents from California. Right. And um, so while he was there, Jones had him killed and then had the cult commit mass suicide. 1978. I said 77 or 78. Uh, so, so I was finishing... Starting sophomore year. Yeah, I was a sophomore in college. In tech, yeah. Mm. So anyway, he had them all drink the purple. It wasn't drink actually Kool Aid. It was some sort of a yeah. It was some, a knockoff brand of Kool Aid. Yeah. <laughs> but when we say, have you heard they drank the Kool Aid? Yeah. That's where that's okay. That's from. from and it was laced with cyanide or something. Yeah. The purple Kool Aid. That trope has been in a lot of like kind of. <laughs> Horror and suspense yeah. movies and shows. Well, now you so. know the origin of it. Yeah. Stephen and I were members at Temple Baptist Church, and <laughs> our youth director was Randy Moore, and we had this um, big gym, <laughs> this family life center, and occasionally he would get on the mic and say, Come drink the Kool Aid, children. Yeah. Come drink the Kool Aid. Hey, totally. <laughs> this, is, this is pretty scary. 
nearly a thousand people. A total of nine hundred nine Americans died at Jonestown, all but two from apparent cyanide poisoning. So I thought it was cyanide. And and one of the survivors was a guy from Monroe or West Monroe. He was a, a That's black bizarre. guy. Well, he well he got away before they drank it. He got out there. into the into the rainforest and ran like a like a rabbit. Really? Yeah. Were they from away. L.A. originally? Where was that mother church? Uh, I'm looking. I'm, I'm looking at the Jonestown article on Wikipedia. It was started in the fifties. Not uh, by Jim people, Jones, though. Yes, the people. Really? Temple. He's that old? Yeah, it started in the during the mid fifties, like I said, and. Uh, and it, he, yeah, he had started the thing in Indianapolis. Okay. Is that where it stayed until they moved to? They moved to Redwood Valley, California okay. in 1965. See? California. I thought they had moved, though, from the Midwest or the South. You know, he was, you know, like I said, he had been, I think had been a Methodist or a Pentecostal minister, and then he kind of went off the deep end. But, but again, they were, they were practicing a, a kind of an experiment in communal living like, like the... Um, what now, was, was it Jonestown, it must have been named after him. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, Koinonia community in Georgia, in America's Georgia, was rather like that, but it was not a cult. I mean, they actually, they were living and having things in common, uh, and they were, this was in the, the really, particularly the earliest days of the modern civil rights movement in the 50s and 60s when people were being murdered by thug police who were really yeah. KKK members and so forth. So I would like to so take this, this opportunity to announce the founding of the Church of Bruce. <laughs> <laughs> Followers, zero. Exactly. Nobody <laughs> follows Bruce, why not? <laughs> Y'all don't want to go to the jungle with me? <laughs> that sounds horrible. Um <laughs> awful. <laughs> and we'll have plenty of Kool-Aid for your refreshment. But, yeah, I can't believe Randy would do that. Looking back, you know, nobody seemed to think anything about it, the yeah. come drink the Kool-Aid children. That's so dark. It was so funny. Yeah, I mean, I can't believe that was going on. But, yeah, I mean, it was kind of it was kind of a major cultural shock at yeah. the time to have all these people die in the middle of the jungle. for, And you had recordings of him you quite, know, saying quite a lot stuff. of it too. Yeah. Quite a lot of audio footage. I'm yeah, sure. yeah. And so you got to hear this crazy voice. Are you old enough to remember David Koresh in the Clinton era? Probably not. Mm-mm. Yeah, about 94 or so. Oh, the Wacko and Waco. <laughs> they were, they were um, down there abusing children. He was impregnating multiple women at one time and he was mm. stockpiling automatic weapons for the coming apocalypse. So it was another doomsday kind of a well, and, uh, the, uh, the Branch Davidians, that's what mm. they were. And the reason the uh, ATF and FBI are so distrusted today is they tried to break them out by pushing oh, um, tear gas into the thing and then Koresh just had everybody kill themselves and each other and burn the place and they all died including all the kids we were trying to save. So uh, that became a permanent blot on the Clinton legacy, and I think it's why when we get right-wing extremists like the Bundys now that we don't do anything about it because they're so scared of another, you know, David Koresh. But he was seen as the next, you know, Jim Jones and yeah. going yeah, here's Jonestown. A, Jones didn't permit his members to leave Jonestown <laughs> without his express prior permission. So this is, I mean, this is classic authoritarianism and cultic behavior where mm-hmm. all the powers vested in one or, well, one or a handful of people. And it's a closed system. Right. You've closed yourself off from 
reality, and yeah. you're in this little echo chamber. So anyway, that's what Nick was talking about, and Stephen and I were wondering <laughs> if this kid would know that. Obviously, probably a 50-year-old writer threw that in there. Mm-hmm. It's possible that they teach them about it because it's kind of a semi-local story yeah. from California. Yeah, I mean, we, dis- we discussed it in American history as contemporary history. But but they aren't now, right? I was never taught it in school. Right. Yeah. And you're one of our honors students, so I would think <laughs> if an honors student don't know it, then probably there are local stoners. <laughs> probably. I mean, maybe maybe Nick was just interested in that sort of thing as a child. Possibly, or he was high and watching some weird uh, documentary on TV. It's possible. Right. A lot of kids have like like when they're younger, they have like a time period that they become like kind of fixated on. Right. And so like which is some, possible. Some kids kind of get into World War Two. Some kids kind that's of true. get into like because I because I got obsessed with. The colonial era, and yeah. the, but that's why I studied 18th century British lit. Right. Too, and it morphed into my so my maybe Nick had a penchant for for weird crazy cult preachers. history, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's possible. true. You know, a lot of that probably does manifest when you're young. You think about like your you get you develop your interests, right? Oh yeah. So um, they um, the very first opening scene, I thought really. It got you that feeling of tension and dread because you got these two innocent little kids playing mm-hmm. down at the beach. And what are they doing down at the beach by themselves? And these zombies starting to come out of the water. I thought well, that was one of the more effective yeah. ways of introducing mm-hmm. zombies to... Because one pops up and then two and then three <laughs> and then there are a bunch of them. I wonder, do they swim or are they just sort of... They, they were kind of floating kind of last of week. Driftwood, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, Zombie driftwood. And it, it was so. It was kind of funny actually because they were just floating along, and they like they looked like corpses. You know, they're zombies. But as soon as you get close to one, even though he's just kind of like floating right. around, he's gonna go. Rawr, rawr, rawr. Right. <laughs> I had to laugh at that. I was just. I thought it was pretty hysterical, personally. Because I mean, in the first episode, I think. Yeah, there was, was more of that last week, right? Yeah, Nick was kind of like swimming and enjoying himself. It's like and swimming then... with zombies. <laughs> <laughs> that could have been our episode title. <laughs> Doing aerobics and zombies. But that is a little bit uh, scary. You know, the only thing scarier than zombies is zombies that can run fast, and the only thing scarier than zombies that can run fast are zombies that can swim. Right. So, and thankfully, these aren't particularly fast. Thank no, goodness. Yeah. These are more of the like undead zombies than the viral zombies, even though it's probably caused by some sort of virus. Right. But right. you don't see the like 28 days later, like super fast. I've super never liked, trope. and this is, I guess, zombie theory. I've never liked fast <laughs> zombies that <kind> of <laughs> defeats the point of zombies. Mm-hmm. At that point, I think that you should call them something other than zombies because right. zombies come from you know the the kind of reanimated corpse basically. Mm-hmm. But if somebody is just infected with a virus that makes them really strong and fast and hungry for brains for who knows why, <laughs> right. then they're not necessarily zombies. Right? Or yeah, you know. And there's something about the slowness and jerkiness of them. I mm-hmm. think that adds to the horror and. The, you know, as long as you're physically fit and can stay ahead, you're all right. But mm-hmm. if you trip, which they always trip. Yes, or there's you, always something. Mm-hmm. Or if you're missing a leg like Herschel or, mm-hmm. you know, one of those, um, then it becomes a real problem. Or if they have you closed in. I wonder if they respire at all. Do they breathe? I was wondering, too. Like, if you, I'm like so a zombie. Clinical, <laughs> well, in this show, zombies don't drown. They can be under the yeah. water ever so long, and they still are zombieing. 
So they must have some sort of like. But they gro- vocal function because they right, gurgle. Right. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, like what's in their throat. Probably like blood and yeah, pus and, and, and all that. And, they, and the parent stuff. series have, have have has it ever been established that they can speak at all? No. And they vocalize. So no. They, they, they just, just growl. And oh, here comes the thunder. That's real thunder, folks. We didn't do that. <laughs> it was our own special effect. Our right. Sound effect board. He stole my thunder. <laughs> Um, but no, the, um, what were we talking about before the thunder? Just the Swimming science zombies. behind the zombies and zombie theory. <laughs> yeah. Yes, the zombie theory. So, well, you know, you've got to have a theory. But, oh yeah, they don't seem to breathe, but they do seem to, they can, they take air in and out and, gar- you know, growl. Yeah. So you've got to wonder what would animate a body like that, because, mm-hmm. you know, we need oxygen to move. And right. If we stop breathing, we die. So, But that's the mystery of the zombie. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, uh, you, know, you really get this virus and magic, magic, uh, you're the undead. <laughs> there are no CDC staff left in the parent series, right? Mm-mm. But they're Not that we know of. The there law. could be in D.C., but well, Atlanta's so And even fallen. the law of averages says there are bound to be some people, even just amateur scientists around. Yeah. So they might be smart enough thinking, I hate this phrase, it makes me cringe, but thinking outside the box, <coughs> so to speak, it's like grading on a chalkboard. I certainly wouldn't want to get but close enough to a zombie to kind of, you know, like pick it apart right. and dissect right. it and right. see how it works. I mean, maybe if you go ahead and kill one for That's me. Yeah, well, you give do, it the, the, uh, the do the pickaxe mich- to the brain. <laughs> no, good. do the Michonne thing, and uh, she neuters them by chopping off their arms and mm-hmm. taking off their taking out their teeth and their jaw, so... Like, just gum you. Right, right. Well, they, they can't break the skin, so, you know... And uh, then you can study them, you know. And that would be fine. And that's something to think about. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm one of those people that kind of watches zombie things and kind of thinks, like, okay, what would I do in the situation? Am right. I prepared for the zombie apocalypse? Would I survive? <laughs> what would be my weapon of choice? Yeah... Because guns run out of bullets. So, yeah. you know, Michonne with reload. her... Uh, I was thinking a sword. Yeah, Maybe like a katana sword. or something. Like, yeah. Like dual wielding even. Just... <laughs> <laughs> when you have with to a crossbow, keep it sharp. Because that delivers quite a lot of force. The thing about a... Ammo that you have to like reload. You have it takes to make so it. long. And it's... You know, Daryl's always using the crossbow, and it always seems to me an extremely clumsy weapon to beat close up. You know, yeah. arrows and crossbows are for distance fighting. Maybe you can kind of smack one. Yeah, that's what he does. He, he hits people with the butt of his, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, reinforced. Uh, <laughs> but no, I, I would not think a crossbow would be the way to go no, um, for hand to hand. Yeah. Now, if you're going to, if we're going to be up, we're on the second floor. If we're shooting down at zombies walking up from the first floor, the sniper. Perfect. Rifles. That's what arrows were designed for. Yeah. Just a volley. That's it. We well, were dying in the shade today. Here's another <laughs> line by the the family, the prepper. I love this. We're just biding our time till it's over. Yeah, there yeah. was a kind of fatalism to this family. That. Right. And you did get the feeling, like. The first time I knew something was wrong was when the mom started asking yeah. mm-hmm. about, do you know about little kids? Yeah. And I said, right. she wants her to be mom because she's dying of cancer. That was just my assumption. Yeah. 
but she's also part of a doomsday cult that's mm-hmm. going to kill themselves, and so she doesn't want the babies to die. I was kind of hoping they'd take the kid along, and then I we'd have too. a child, but I guess they didn't want to do that at this point. A younger you can't child. get really attached to any of the characters, can you, in, in, in the apocalypse, if you think about it? Well, because there's kind of a core group, but every now and then they'll even kill like mm-hmm. somebody from the core. Mm-hmm. Well, like, in the original, Sean, in Shane, the original Shane. Walking Dead series, like it's based on comics. It's based mm-hmm. on like, right. actual the works. Robert Kirkman So thing, you yeah. can kind of read that, and if you're starting out the series, you kind of know what's going to happen. Fear the Walking Dead isn't actually really based on anything like right. that. It's a spinoff so, of the original. Right. You, right. Don't, you don't have any way of knowing who is going to be left at the end. The only thing you can do is look in IMDb and see if they're listed as being in the <laughs> coming up episodes. Right. <laughs> Their contract wasn't renewed. <laughs> right. Right. Well, I didn't do it intentionally. You know, I was looking up information on the mm. actors. And, okay, they'll be there till episode 16 this season. So <laughs> he's not going to get killed. This episode, I didn't look at it for all of them. (laughs) I looked at it for one of them, but I do try to keep myself from learning that kind of Mm -hmm. thing. If Nick dies, I'm rioting, (laughs) boycotting the show. (laughs) You like that old man uniform? You're going to have to buy you a cosplay. uh, (laughs) I think I may have something in the closet I can give you (laughs) because I've got old. I've got authentic old man. I just like the uh, the addict with a heart of gold trope. Right, right. right. It's, it's very it's like endearing. The, the prostitute with a heart of gold kind yeah. of variation. <laughs> I do think you know, like Strand thinks sure. Nick doesn't isn't afraid of anything. Yeah, but that's not why addicts take. You know, it's not. A lot of times you're taking what you're addicted to because you are afraid. But he at least yeah. is able to function in in the face of his fear. He doesn't freeze. So, right. You know, the first episode, he wakes up next to his zombie girlfriend, and uh, yeah. or she's downstairs. But anyway, he having you know, a little snack <laughs> quickly hauls ass down the well, street. That, yeah. that brings up the, the Strand character again. They yeah, deep in the mystery with Strand. Mm-hmm. Yes, he's is a real mystery is, man. The person he's talking to on his sat- satellite phone. I wonder. I wonder if that's mm-hmm. his girlfriend. He, he's or boyfriend. He sounded like he had. It was kind of a sweeter voice than yeah. I've heard mm-hmm. him use before. Yeah, we'll be there tomorrow, you know. Yeah. Uh, it was kind of his... In, uh, in a $10 million boat, not my $10 million boat. Right. Yeah. Did he steal the boat, or can you steal a boat in the zombie apocalypse? Cause, Probably. But, he I mean, may, is it still stealing when the government has collapsed? You know, we're kind of getting to the law of... Um, it's it's a state right. of nature. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's what I said last week. A new a new world requires a new ethic. Well, and you know he was last week. My boat, my rules, my boat, my rules. He said yeah. it three times. In to this week, um, oh, what's her name? The the wife uh, or the girlfriend? You know the the woman that was the school counselor. Yeah, uh, Melissa, I think. Mm. Madison. 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 Sorry. Thank you. Well, I couldn't get it at all. Um, she said, bullshit, you know, we're bringing this kid on. I do not care what you say. So, mm-hmm. you know, my boat, my rules kind of broke down in one week mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or, or a day in their time, right. maybe two or three right. days. But, you know, they're discovering, oh, there's no law. There's nobody to, you want us off the boat? You're going to have to shoot us and throw yeah. us overboard. And I think there are more of us than there are you. Yeah, it's then, what, like then, eight or nine against the gun against turned one. up when the Latino character mm-hmm. yeah. broke open that chest. Right. And well, and um, last week we talked about going Galt and this whole, um, you know, Atlas Shrugged thing. Like, yeah. you know, 
the rich people are going to leave and they're going to live these wonderful lives away from the rest of us. And But you need people even then. Like he needs a crew mm-hmm. and there's only one of him and there's five or six of them. And how are you going to go gaunt without any police anymore? Yeah. You know, to protect you from the poors that you have mm-hmm. to have around you yeah. mm-hmm. in order to survive. And, you know, they can just take over um, if they want to. And, you know, they haven't thrown him overboard yet. But they just, you know, there are there is a consent of right. the governed element to what's going on on this ship where he's not simply in charge. Mm-hmm. And Madison realized that first. And, no, no, I'm not going that way. You're not throwing this kid overboard. Yeah. Um, Luckily for Strand, I guess, they didn't keep the kid. So. not ex machina, the uh, brother came on uh, board and uh, demanded the little brother back and was able to get off the... And who knows, maybe they'll be okay. You know, um, they just got to kill the zombies of mom and dad and the little girl. Yeah. But he seemed to be willing to do that. Yeah, I wonder if we will see those two again, they the older brother back. and the younger brother. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe he'll just kind of strap the little kid to his back and just shoot all the zombies. And well, I mean, they've still him. got their stronghold. They've got yeah. you know the supplies that would last five people. Now, now only have, have to, to be two, one and a half. Yeah, yeah. you know. Uh, so, um, but the, the 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 air of the ominous really thickens when you see the. They've been sending out shortwave messages or getting shortwave messages that, that up we've to the gotten, divide, the world is dead. We've yeah. gotten more information <clears throat> in that one episode than in all of the Walking Dead series. Because, you know, they're cut off from the world. They get a little radio signal every now and then, walkie-talkie kind of stuff. But um, Short range. On this one, you know, we've got... Um, shortwave radio mm-hmm. and we've got information about everything west of the Rockies yeah. is gone. You know, as far as civilized resistance to the zombie apocalypse. Um, what are they calling them? The infected? Yeah. Well, they aren't walkers. I was gonna say, yeah, walkers that's yeah. what they're calling them on the other series, right? The, walkers. the Walking Dead. Yeah, yeah or the, the walkers. walkers, right. Or biters. <laughs> some, <laughs> some other groups call them biters. Um... So, yeah, um, yeah, so there's no, no place to go. Yeah, you can pinpoint locations safe. that are dead. Right. Uh, Los Angeles gone, San Diego gone. Seattle, presumably, I guess, is gone. Yeah, all yeah. of them. Mm-hmm. The government Portland. blew them all up. Yeah. I've got to wonder, you know. I wonder if there's like a NORAD station someplace and people are holed up inside that. Yeah. Out west, cause there's Mr. A big... President, I think you've got a mine shaft gap. I think it's <laughs> Dr. Strangelove time. Our leaders are down in their ID holes. We need to... <laughs> um, Search every orifice. You know? <laughs> they're deep under the mountain. Um, but even there, once somebody dies, they come back as a zombie and usually well, take over the place. They yeah. would if, if the... If the basilisk or the virus had made it there. If they managed to get <clears throat> underground before the, anybody was contaminated. Exactly. Possibly. Mm. Where they would be shielded from it somehow or another. Yeah. So, um... In, in a sterile to... environment. Think about that. Where they could, you know... What would the reaction of the government be? I mean, we've seen the... You know... In our, our, our own reality... Mm-hmm. That you know, supposedly the military isn't allowed to operate within the United States, but you know, 
how long would that last? Plus, yeah. we've got these militarized police, and mm-hmm. they're already kind of viewing us as the people who must be kept down. I figure, yeah. and this is based on other films, but based on reality, too. Have y'all seen the, there's a British film. I found it on YouTube and watched it. It's a real famous post-nuclear apocalypse film made in the 80s, Threads. Have you seen that? It, I think it was a British TV movie, and it's a really outstanding film. It's, it's a realistic take on nuclear war. Kind of like the day after? Yes, it was their day after, and it's a lot... Famous uh, miniseries from... Was it a miniseries or just a two-night movie? Probably, yeah, probably a couple of nights. I I think it was a a four-hour house. Yeah. And... Jason Robarb was a doctor, and we and the Ruskies blew each other up, and he was in a town that wasn't really hit... It's, I think it takes place, is it in Kansas or Nebraska? Yeah, yeah. It's in the Midwest. I mean, you're sitting near the um, the silos with the missiles, and you watch them zooming off toward the Russia. And then, uh, but it does depict, I think it's one of the first films to depict a nuclear winter, and you actually see them walking around about freezing because yeah. of the nuclear winter. Well, and, you so know, it's not snow falling. It's, uh, it's just cold, cold it's, temperatures. And, yeah. But, I mean, it's, and, um, it's nuclear ash that's yeah. falling, mm-hmm. and... Um, Anyway, everybody starts getting new, you know, uh, radiation radiation poisoning, right? Mm-hmm. So, but but this this threads that happens there too, but it also has the nuclear winter, and you have the sun blotted out, and and Europe. It was a big thing at the time. It was yeah. kind of a cultural. But the, the government does just it does it disintegrates very quickly. Well, you had Ronnie coming on the radio assuring everybody it, it was all going to be all right. <laughs> that was the last we heard from the government. Uh, yeah. But it was it was similar uh, to I think the zombies are kind of often a metaphor for that, mm-hmm. especially some things. You know, and it wouldn't take much to tip over civilization. Mm-hmm. You know, we're getting. I heard a guy on the news the other day talking about tracing where stuff comes from that we get, and he mm-hmm. said our coffee, the beans are brought from various countries. Right, right. And, by the time you get a bag of coffee, it's traveled 35,000 miles cumulatively mm-hmm. to get to you. That's around the world more than once to get this bag of coffee. Mm. Well, Tea is like that, too. Well, yeah. Everything is like mm-hmm. that. These iPhones we're recording on, that you know, composed from stuff from around the world. And yeah. the minute our really interconnected world breaks down, it's going to be like the zombie, with, without right. the zombies, but it will be apocalyptic because be everything will as, stop functioning. Just as terrifying, mm-hmm. too. Just as terrifying. We did think, I did think that satellite phone was clever to um, have some way of communicating now and what would still work. Yeah. You know, the satellites are way up there. They're still working. And if you've got a phone and they've got a phone, then you can still talk that right. way. It kind of mm-hmm. does an end run around the... Right. Our regular iPhones would be... Out by now. Yeah. No such luck. The network is down, you know, nothing, there's no electricity like that anymore, so. Well, and that, some of that happens in threads, and you see, like I said, the society just collapses, and they fill in the, the main narrative with titles that are as, as scary as the film because they're so cold. The titles are just very cold and sterile. And it what shows, do you mean titles? Uh, screen titles, like they were doing silent films. They're called, I think intertitles are called. Oh. And they would use those to fill in the, the gaps. And you'll see the, there will be a title that they'll flash, and it shows population of Europe at this time drops to middle age to dark age, so-called dark age levels, and this mm. kind of thing. So it's, hmm. I, think, I think England's population drops to around 3 million people. 
and it's a country of what, around 60 million or more of the UK. That would be great to know the population of people and zombies. You know, like how many zombies do we have? How many people? Because there would be a shelf life to sure. zombies yeah. because as you decay, you still have to have a, some kind of brain there. Once mm-hmm. it's gone, you, you're just a skeleton. Mm-hmm. So at some point that happens... And then you don't have these massive herds of zombies, you know, millions. But you'd still have the zombie problem because everybody who dies turns. Mm -hmm. There are uh, iPhone games, like little apps that you can get that are actually, like, it's that. Like, you pick, like, oh, I, I want a virus or a parasite or bacteria. And you pick a spot for it to start and you watch it spread. And you have to do oh, things wow. to make it spread. And it shows you, like, healthy people, infected people, dead people. And your and goal you're trying is to, to wipe kill out as many the people? world. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, and that's where, you know, and I think this is the first time it's happened that we've talked about the bubonic plague mm-hmm. as a predecessor for this. Mm-hmm. You know, the girl was talking about Ring Around the Posy and yeah. uh, what does that mean? And then she knows at least the... The theory I've always heard, and I don't know if it's true, but I've always, you know, heard that it was a song about Black Death, and mm-hmm. yeah. maybe these flowers can protect us. And did it work? I don't mm. think so. <laughs> but take the pill anyway, the kid. Attack, the fleas attack the rats, but in turn, the fleas. There was something else that I saw a more recent documentary about the about the Black Death, and there's a there's a newer theory that's come out that better. It better explains it, but yeah, I mean, it does come down still partly, at least, to the fleas and the rats. Well, in and the Crusader Knights going over there, bubonic plague, and I think it may have come out of Western Asia, maybe. When it gets going, it can have a pneumonic phase where you're coughing and Mm -hmm. all that can spread it. Mm -hmm. So you don't, you know, it can jump from the rats to to people. But Mm -hmm. you know, if you've got a modern, you know, if you've got people get bubonic plague all the time. There are always a couple of cases of it. Per year, yeah. it's just it doesn't get going. Yeah, you know, if we had one zombie, that's one thing. If you've got ten million zombies, yeah, then all of a sudden that's more than we can deal with. Correct. It overwhelms our ability to bounce back. Mm-hmm. What I worry about is the way our society. And we've been doing this in Louisiana is cutting resources that go to things that help the common good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't need all that road building anymore. And suddenly you've got a hole in your bridge, which we right. do uh, yeah. here in town. I, like, I was surprised when I like, came off the interstate and it, w- it wasn't closed. I was like, I don't really think that I'm not that sure it's, if I trust this bridge. Yeah, it's been prepared way too quickly. I don't think. Right. But when it's very patchy, the, pr- the repair, you know, it feels yeah. uneven. And, it does. you know, um, our parents, well, not your parents. My parents, my grandparents, they fought World War One. Mm. They fought the Depression and overcame it. They and mine fought, fought the, World War Two. Yeah, they fought. Well, your grandparents, I'm saying, from that era on, um, World War Two, Korea. They faced down communism, and at the same time, they were building schools and they were building courthouses and mm-hmm. you know they, a lot of the buildings we have at Tech were built then and these are the grand old nice the buildings. High School was, yeah. was a WPA yeah. project. What high school did you go to? West Monroe High School. How old is it, that building? Uh, not that old is yeah, it? But Neville? Yeah, yeah Neville's an old WPA That's building. depression and that's a beautiful mm-hmm. building. It, it's wonderful. And you go in there and it's not um, 
marble on the floor, but it looks like marble. Yeah. It was something they made. Mm-hmm. We, Stephen and I uh, interviewed a guy about the buildings they built in Louisiana during the Depression. Oh, cool. Yeah, it was a fascinating episode. But anyway, they believed in the common good. This yeah. put people to work. We needed mm-hmm. schools. We needed, and, uh, you know, now we're looking at ways. Because they knew the alternative was horrible. Mm-hmm. Well, they had lived it, you know. Yeah. They were living through this horrible depression, and we can put people to work. We'll have stuff, and we'll have money to spend. And it was great, and we're still using those buildings today. And now we're figuring out ways not to build oh. schools, but to privatize well, our, them. Our, you know, yes, and, and, and get rid of the common good. He said something about, it's something I suspect. Robert Leitner. That sounds right. He was he was talking about the way that some of the buildings had taken the plaques that that honored those who erected those buildings, designed and erected. Yeah, one school it had they found it though. Mm-hmm. It was in but a it closet. Was, it was hidden away as though mm-hmm. to disavow and repudiate. Yeah. Well, also what happens is when they're redone, they put up a new plaque for whoever did it most recently. Mm-hmm. So, like if Keeney Hall has been through a refurbishing, which it has. They probably took down the original plaque from the 30s and put down the one from the 80s when they redid it. Actually, my, like, technically my grandfather, by marriage, is on the plaque in Keeney Cool. Mm-hmm. Who is he? Don Mathis? He was big architecture here. Cool. Yeah. He was, like, head of the architecture department, I want to oh, say. Oh, wow. Yeah, he was a cool Back guy. in the day. Back in the day. You know, you wonder if some of these buildings, if the architecture department, couldn't they have given it to them to take a look at them to see, is this a cool idea for a building? Because it's pretty horrible. You know? I wonder about the, uh, the simple engineering that went on because I was walking here in the rain and I had to jump over puddles because right. it, all of a sudden it was so quickly and it just pooled up and there the, was moving um, around it. The sidewalks don't shed the water the way mm-hmm. you think they would. Um, they, they kind of like, yeah, there's they're concave and they collect. Like, right, well, the, the grass they've been probably throwing dirt on it and yeah. stuff, so it's up a little higher than the sidewalk, <laughs> and all the water's running into the sidewalk. And mm-hmm. well, let's get back to zombies. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, but they, um, they do in them in themselves. Those zombies emphasize the need for community. Look at the little community come together aboard the boat. So what's it going to take for today's society to go back to doing things for the common good? Is it going to take another depression? Is it going to well, take a zombie apocalypse? Practically had one for the last right yeah. 2008. But exactly. Instead of having the response that we had under FDR, we had it organized. You've got a whole TV network like Fox with mm-hmm. all these other but ancillary also the things media in general. that are trying to stop that from yeah. happening, and they've been able to prevent us from rebuilding. Who are essentially and from I getting out of it's a form of treason in a way. Mm-hmm. I see it as a civic heresy. You yeah. know, they they want to use the common good. They don't want to contribute to it. Mm-hmm. So right. when people start complaining about taxes or stealing, I say, well. You don't like the stuff we do in our country? Stay off our roads, or maybe better yet, leave. You know that's mm-hmm. that's the price of becoming part of our civilization. If you want to be in Kiwanis, you got to pay Kiwanis dues. Yeah. If you want to be American, you've got to pay American dues, which we call taxes. You don't like that? There are other places you can go to for your club fun. Yeah. Go golf already. <laughs> We're you know nobody's asking you to stay. Let us build our community. You won't find a whole lot of places that are going to tax you less 
and have a quality of life that is comparable to well, America. And they but... <laughs> always lie. They say only a few people are paying most of the taxes, and uh, you know they're um, what I, everybody pays taxes on everything they do. Right from the poorest to you know well the great not so much but everybody else <laughs> you know you want to buy cigarettes you mm-hmm. got to pay tax you want right. to buy alcohol you pay tax sales gas taxes, tax sales tax 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 and the only tax they're really wanting to do away with is the income tax because it actually asks the um, the rich people to put in. Their share, right? You know, you're, you've and it's not be, even truly graduated. If it was, if it were, not much they anymore. Really, no. So anyway, how do we get on politics? Well, but no, so going golf thing. Um, <laughs> Obviously, you for, can't for go golf by yourself. We're not, we're not right? into libertarianism. <laughs> well, that's not a thing. You know, there are. If you're a sea turtle, you could be a libertarian. You know, you, your mom does come and cover the, the eggs with sand. So there is <laughs> yeah. that. Mm-hmm. But from the moment you hatch on, you're taking care of yourself. And yeah. Other turtles be down, but humans—we're the slowest creature to well, develop. We, we and the most a, dependent. We had an experiment in libertarianism in the 18th century. It didn't work, folks. It's right. The Articles of Confederation—they didn't failed. work. <laughs> and that's why work. we have our constitution. So mm-hmm. you know, it was an abysmal failure. Yeah. So anyway, it seems to me that they are well, lightly. you know, basically what you have forming after it collapses. It seems like they're taking a lot from the Middle Ages, like after Rome collapsed, mm-hmm. you had the development of local tribes with right. a strong man a strong usually man. at mm-hmm. the top. Um, and it's a much more warrior-based society. If you can fight, you can rise Barbarous. up through the ranks. What's that? Barbarous. Bar, that's right. <laughs> bye, 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 bye. <laughs> The barbarians show up. And we are the barbarians, you know. That's mm-hmm. At this point, that's all that can survive. The civilized are, are not going to make it. Unless you have a yacht. <laughs> yeah. A sad phone. But even he can't act very civilized anymore. Yeah. He's got to act hard-ass because, mm-hmm. you know, we're going to be overwhelmed. Oh, what did you think about last week, the ethics of leaving the people on the raft, we, Stephen and I talked ah. about that, but we didn't get your, like, help us, we need help. No, we've got to leave them. Uh, well, I, I would say overall, I agree with their decision to leave them be. I mean, at this point, you can't really, like, you, you have no way of knowing the state of the health of everyone on that raft, and it would be dangerous to take on any new passengers. In their mental state. Like, are they going to kill us and throw yeah. us over? Because there are enough of them to get rid of us. Maybe this is like the first, like, cannibalistic tribe that you see pop up <laughs> in, like, these doomsday sort of uh, environments. And they would overwhelm the yacht. I mean, right. they, they could fit them on there, but they would be they standing room only. Right. So... I think that... Maybe they could tow them to shore. Yeah. <laughs> didn't, we didn't really them. talk about that. You know, throw us a rope, we'll haul you up. But. And then, then this brings up, too, the, the overturned boat from last week that's just riddled with what seems to be a machine Still the mystery. Fire. Do you yeah. think it was a U.S. Navy that blew up that boat? Who knows? There are not many people with the kind of armory yeah. that... They have a... These writers have a good sense of how to tantalize the viewers. Yeah. You notice, mm-hmm. give you just enough information that you come back next week when and watch. Mm-hmm. This week we spent the whole week here because we were hiding from the big bad boat. It's right. a big boat too, right? Yes, it's a big Which, boat. 
to me implies Coast Guard, Navy, yeah. something like that. Maybe like going around blowing shit up. It might be American. It might be from another country. We don't Could really be. know. That would be interesting, I think. If uh, Canada finally made it smooth. <laughs> <laughs> you said there's no, there's no contact uh, yet with other nations in the, in the original series? We no, any, no. And broadcast or... Like a, like a shortwave transmission from, from Europe. And this guy didn't Asia have anything from uh, Mexico either or yeah. Canada. You know, it was like somehow the Vancouver radio waves magically gone. stopped at the border. This is such an American series. <laughs> uh, Z Nation, they they had an incursion into Mexico. They they found a tunnel under the wall. and uh, It probably was a, formerly a drug game. It was, yeah. And <laughs> exactly. They ran into the drug game, what was left of it, which was, um, That's pretty you know, funny. What social order there was, it was the drug gang. And I don't know if y'all remember this, but in Katrina, mm. the federal government collapsed as far as New Orleans is concerned. The state government collapsed. The local government collapsed. The people going out and getting food and water to keep the old ladies alive were the gangs. Yep. You know, and it reverted to tribalism just that quick. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a day. And our, our gang, which is run by, you know... Gangs are run according to tribal rules. This is something I teach a lot. You know, <laughs> I don't know if you remember the oikos. And oh, yes. The, uh, the household mm-hmm. and um, the, the structure of the godfather. Mm-hmm. You know, they call it the family. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's that kind of, uh, you know, we might call it a family. We might call it a tribe. But anyway, it's this, you know, daddy knows best at the top. Only in that one, the Z Nation, it was actually a queen. So that was a cool shift from what you usually see right but uh, it is the strong person at top yeah. mm-hmm. whoever that it's person that hierarchical, is hierarchical pyramidal kind of an arrangement right and there's no law to other than that person right it's yeah. that person's will so if the governor's crazy <laughs> then the people wind up doing some crazy stuff you know so on the yacht we've got the hierarchy and then Strand Strand is at the top but uh, Madison and Travis are kind of yeah, they're very close. Right, and you know when they decide something together, there's not much Strand can do about right. it. And speaking of Travis, so we finally acknowledge this week that he's a person of color. Yes, I've been he waiting is for Mallory. that. Oh, well, he right. really is in real life. He's, yeah, I, I think he's yeah. either that or he's new or either that or Australian Aboriginal. I'm not sure. Yeah. Which. No, he's Maori. He really Maori? He, yeah, Maori. I knew he had the that kind of. Anzac sort of well, see, last mm-hmm. season I thought we were supposed to like assume that. he was uh, Hispanic. Yeah. But um, I knew he was Maori from his interviews, but mm-hmm. I thought he was being played as... What's their last name? <laughs> is it Manama? No, yeah, right. his name is... Well, it's kind of, kind of a Maori yeah. last name, isn't it? So I guess <laughs> they, you know... I thought they were playing him as Hispanic, but they weren't. Yeah, I thought so too, but... Making him himself, so that's kind of That's pretty awesome. And Mm -hmm. uh, you don't really get a lot of Maori uh, representation in the media. No! (laughs) Unless if we were watching Australian media, maybe you might see it. Not probably a whole lot even there. But yeah, that's that's pretty cool. Um, But yeah, did you get creeped out by that anthropologist? Yes. Oh, let me tell you about your people. Or yes, <laughs> that, that's like such a like. It's so like typical of white people talking to like people of color, being like, "Let me tell you about your culture. Let pat- me white explain to you." Yes. So I thought that that was kind of funny in a like kind of awful way. Well, and 
it just coincidentally, but who's the number three guy running for Republican? Uh, you know, Kasich. Behind, yeah, Kasich last mm. week was at a yeshiva for very, very orthodox Jews who all they do all day long is study the Torah. Jewish scripture. Right, that's <laughs> yeah. their job in life. He was explaining to them about Joshua, you know, and he wouldn't <laughs> shut up. He kept talking to them about Joshua and, um, and um, just totally just, you know, kind of like me would not shut up. You know? So uh, according to Facebook, Ted Cruz's Yiddish ad tells New York Jews that he is, quote, God's chosen candidate. It's <laughs> pretty appalling. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to sleep better tonight knowing that. <laughs> I'm your Jesus. Oh, my God. Ugh. But now they've got two, it's also that, that, two guys to choose from, and one is about Joshua, and the other is the Messiah. So the, the, betrayal, the betrayal, though, of the, of the prepper guy was also a satire on pseudo-intellectualism, too. Mm-hmm. He's a real pseudo-intellectual. Yeah. And, we've, and y'all probably met your share of him in college, and I did as well. I mean, just mm-hmm. real. Sometimes I've been one. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, I yeah. What does a guy like this do when faced with the apocalypse? And I think that he hides suicide pills in a hollow. Yeah, I think the suicide was coming. You know, at some point, did the mom know that she was about to be killed and turned when she wouldn't put the daughter down, or was she just so distraught she couldn't let her go? It's debatable. Like you couldn't really tell. Yeah, like this is the way I want to die. Yeah. And, and that could have been it because uh, Madison and Travis, I think, also like came into the room and they were like, they were uh, trying to get away from the yeah, girl. Madison yeah. told her, "You can't hold her. Like right. you have to stop." And she wouldn't stop. Let me put a knife in her brain. You know, they yeah. know that much. Yeah. <laughs> the pickaxe. And she was, was like, "No, no, stay away." That was so cool. Just that, just that scene where Travis, not Travis, um, Chris, and uh, whatever the son's name was for the other the, uh, the the prepper son yeah the yeah. older one and they were just you know kind of bonding over like yes killing zombies he was <laughs> well, and i knew travis was not going to like that no mm-hmm. travis is so like bless his heart but he just he's still kind of doesn't get it yet <laughs> yeah you know in season one he was talking about i don't want my son to shoot yeah and now he's watching as his son pickaxes the brains of zombies yeah but he's still not happy about it. He still hadn't quite embraced this new world. He did a little last week when he said we can't take these people on board. Yeah. He was in agreement with Strand. But this week, he had backslidden again. He didn't want to see his baby boy doing this. But if he wants his baby boy to live... He's going to have to you know, get um, violent. <laughs> uh, Carl... Stay in the house, Carl. You know, they did that for the first season with him. But pretty soon he was shooting guns and, you know, he's yeah. a, he's younger than this guy and he's already a badass, um, yeah. you know, apocalypse survivor. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, you know, it seems like Travis is still living in a world that's gone. Right. It's interesting to see, um, or it's at least refreshing to see uh, the role switch that is... Uh, Travis, the the dad, the man, is the one being like, "Oh no no, like we shouldn't shoot people, we shouldn't hurt people, we should try to like be nice." And Madison, you, first season, she's killing her neighbors. Right. You know. <laughs> I'm wondering for how, in the original, how um, how much, and I go back to the, the film Threads where they try to preserve the past, and it's really quite poignant, and it's just really, it just leaves you shaking your head. In in this narrative. 
or in the original, in The Walking Dead, how do they preserve, if at all, do they preserve the culture of the past or the history of the past? They barely have a Bible left. Yeah. You know, somebody, there's usually a Bible around somewhere, but that's it. Um, do, do they try to teach the children any kind of way? I mean, or, uh, <laughs> other than killing zombies, uh, I mean. Uh, Carol took it upon herself when they were holed up in the uh, old penitentiary. Uh, I'm going to have lessons for the kids, and the parents would drop them off, you know, in the room where they had a library, the prison library. Yeah. She would start, okay, let's read this book. And as soon as the parents were gone, she closed the book. This is how you use a knife to kill a zombie. <laughs> you know, this is how these guns work. Education and survival. That's, uh, you're right. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, that's what they were teaching. Now, I think in Alexandria, there is a little more school oriented stuff going on. In Alexandria, Virginia. Yeah, in their new in their new home. So and, um, and threads, they're sitting around in one of the last scenes of the film. It's just really grim. I mean it's just grim as a grave. But they're sitting around watching this grainy, very jumpy sort of video that's very damaged, obviously, and somehow they've got power to run a TV. A generator. Yeah. yeah, maybe a generator, who knows? But they're running a TV and there's a woman trying to teach these kids about science. Science. Well, they're they're looking at images of old fossils, and I'm trying to think what else too. But anyhow, it's just like I said, it's very grim because not not only seeing that the the fact that the technology has failed, but the the whole culture again is just disintegrated. Mm. And they're sitting around, and it's very cold, and they're sitting around in threadbare clothes. You know, again, it's it's one of the early films acknowledging what would really happen in an apocalypse. Well, they just at the end, before the, everything disintegrated at the end of this season's Walking Dead, they were just talking about <coughs> reopening. They found an old metal shop, you know, a place where they made stuff. And they were going to start making bullets so that um, they wouldn't run out. And uh, that's the first thing they've ever tried to manufacture. They've grown a little food along the way. And you did notice the mom last night had a pretty nice-looking yeah. garden. Mm-hmm. They're picking peppers. So I would think the brothers could make it for a while. Probably they would probably as long as they keep the f- the fence cleaned off, which was his job anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, and he was the guy. He had the the gun, so mm-hmm. yeah, he's, I think they could make it for a while. Probably. And and what happened to the dad? I'm sure he got got. I'm sure he got, like, eaten or turned. Yeah, he didn't seem that determined to live anyway. That was the yeah. feeling we were getting was he was just waiting on the right day to pass out the, the pills. The power pills. Or the purple Kool-Aid. Yeah. <laughs> Come drink the Kool-Aid, children. <laughs> well, I actually have to go. Well, we've been going for an hour, so... I have to be somewhere at six. All right. Well, it's been... No, it's time... It's been a great talk, and uh, we will meet next week, hopefully, and uh, discuss the next... The latest installment. The latest episode. I think the the next episode is called uh, Ouroboros, I think. Ah, Ah, the snake that eats itself. Yes, so Mm -hmm. I'm very interested to see what will happen. What will that be? Mm. They were saying in uh, after talk that there may be some of the people from the plane, if you've been watching the, the plane episode... That show up in this one, but I'm not sure yet. They were they were speculating it might. They didn't actually know. 
Well, for Fear the Walking Dead, a podcast, I'm Bruce McGee. I'm Quinn Warner. And I'm Steve Payne. I want to thank all of you for listening to this week's episode. We hope that you'll come back for the latest episode of Fear the Walking Dead, a podcast. Bye for now. See ya.